0: These military families that are mainly over at the Marine Corps Air Station, uh, Myanmar, are young families. They're away from their own families and, you know, having a baby can be a little bit of a daunting experience. So we provide baskets for these families. The baby baskets are comprised of a lot of different little baby items. We have baby gowns, little onesies, little booties. We have the normal things like baby wipes or baby powder, baby lotion. And we try and give these baby baskets out every month. So it's wonderful to be able to stand in that gap for a moment, to be able to donate that sort of thing to them, and they're so appreciative. The idea that others would care and have compassion, that's what Jesus wants us to be, is compassionate. We respect our service members so much because of what they do for our country the sacrifices that they make that we want to be able to give back they are our neighbors and we can be the hands and feet of jesus to be able to bless them and to encourage them and let them know that there are people who do love them and care for them
1: before me, the world behind me. No turning back, no turning back. The cross
2: Hey, La Jolla Community Church. Hope everybody's having a wonderful, wonderful afternoon, day, evening, whatever time you're watching this. I hope God has just blessed you at this time. Uh, I am the student ministries director here at La Jolla Community Church, and I just wanted to bring you uh, a message to continue the story about the good life that we've been talking about. And we are, today we're going to look through the lens of Exodus 18 and the relationship of Moses and Jethro. I absolutely love this passage for, for many, many reasons, um, particularly where it, where it happens in the Bible in the midst of just this, this beautiful chaos that is going on. You have this peaceful, beautiful moment of a father-in-law and his son-in-law just speaking life into each other's lives. So the passage opens in Exodus 18, and we see Moses and Jethro share in the joy that God had done through Moses. Moses. See, Moses shares the craziness that has happened coming out of Egypt, smacking a rock with a stick and and having a torrent of water and all the great, beautiful things that are going on in his life. But Moses leaves out something very important. See, Jethro gets all excited about the beautiful and crazy things that have been going on in Moses' life, but he wakes up the next day to see this massive line outside of Moses' tent. And I imagine Jethro waking up very confused, very misunderstood of of what Moses had just explained to him. And he walks into the tent, and he looks, and he sees how long Moses spends with each person, and and is just baffled at what Moses is doing. See, because Moses wanted to serve God, he had been blessed by God, with a beautiful message that he wanted to pour out to every single one of the Israelites, but he didn't realize that he may have been going about it the wrong way. See in Exodus 14, we see that Exodus 18:14, Jethro realizes that Moses needs a little bit of help. See, just like in our lives, we often see God work in our lives, and we feel so confident, we feel so excited that God is moving through us. But oftentimes, that leads us to forget to seek Him now. Just because God did a miracle in our past doesn't mean He's done working in us now. See, the good life is not just a one and done thing. The good life is something you have to seek after every single day. This is so important Because one of the truest marks of the good life is that it doesn't just bless us, but it blesses us so that we can bless others. The beauty of God is that he is not just a God of today. He is not just a God of the Israelites. He is a God that is eternal. The good life that was for Abraham is the same good life that was for Moses, and it is the same good life that is for us. So, just like Abraham was blessed by God, Moses is also a blessing by God for the Israelites. But we have to be willing to admit when we need help. Pastor Steve was sharing about a friend of his, a man named John Patio, who was a volunteer for young men in prison. And he tells the men that he works with, I love this quote nobody goes to prison for humility which usually gets a laugh out of the inmates that he's working with, right? Because, of course, none of them are there for doing a good thing. But it is so hard for us to admit when we need help. It's so hard for us to be humble and to ask for help. There's a lot of mistakes that we're going to make in our lives, but you've got to be willing to admit when you need help. Otherwise, you can't bless others. So, good life means listening to your family for guidance. In Exodus 18, 17, Jethro says it cut and dry. He looks at Moses and he says, Moses, what you are doing is not good. I don't know about you, but that is probably the harshest words that somebody can say about your ministry possible. That would have been a punch to the gut, if I had heard something like that. But Jethro understood what Moses intended to do. He understood that Moses wanted to do good, but he wasn't. He had missed the point. He had missed the mark. So he corrected Moses when he was falling short. Everybody wants the good life, but it is almost impossible to see how it is going to turn out on your own. We can be just like Moses doing the right thing, the hardest way possible. See, one of the things about me growing up is I'm very straight line thinking. Have task, must do thing. Right, perfect example of this. I love my dad. He is one of the greatest men in my life. He's a very logical person, but he's great at looking at the big picture. He's great at seeing all the tools that are available and picking the most effective, easiest way to get something done. And I'm not always that way. So we were in Boy Scouts together. Oftentimes, you know, he would help me set up the tent, and, you know, I'd finish it off by putting in the stakes or or whatever, and he'd go off and hang out with the other dads. So one of these particular days, it's one of the first few times I'd set up the tent on my own. He has me, you know, finish it up. It was a small two-person tent. And I get to put the stakes in the ground, and I realize that the ground is is really hard. Well, being the jock, teen, you know, you know, stud that I thought I was, I was just going to pound the stakes into the ground with my hands because, you know, that's what you do. You just, you pound it into the ground. And I think like 15, 20 minutes had gone by and I'm pounding away, pounding away. And my dad comes over to check on me. And he sees that I've got like half of one stake in the ground, like one that I just didn't even try, and I'm pounding away at the third. And my hands are all bruised and messed up. And he just, he just looks at me. He's like, what are you, what are you doing? And I just, I just looked up at him smiling. I was like, Dad, I, I'm putting the stakes in, just like you asked. Be my dad, you know, loving and gracious. It's like, right. Yeah. Why don't you use a tool? There's a rock right next to you. Maybe hit it a few times. Save your hands. Also, I know there's a hatchet. You're not supposed to use a hatchet for those. But if, maybe if you're safe and you use the backside, you can use it like a hammer. Use the tools, make the tools do the work for you. Thankfully, I've had men in my life who have been able to speak into me and love on me and pour into me and women who have also corrected me and guided me along my way. But if we don't surround ourselves with wise people who can see our train wrecks before we drive off the track, maybe it'll help save us from a little bit of pain. Maybe it'll help stop us from hitting that burnout before we run out of energy. The beauty of Moses' response to Jethro is that he understands this correction comes only from love and wanting Moses to do better. The correction that Jethro lays out, the strategy for moving forward, for breaking down the dissemination of information through the nation of Israel, comes from a heart of love. Jethro isn't trying to take away Moses' ministry. He isn't trying to tell Moses that his ministry is wrong. He's trying to help him to do it better. He takes the direction with love because he knows that Jethro is a part of his family and he wants the best for him. Zeal is I want the good life. Zeal is Moses saying I can teach every single member Of this nation and fix all of their problems by myself. But zeal is not enough. We need wisdom to balance out that zeal. The good life is something that should last forever, not a rocket that blasts off into the sky and then slowly floats back down to earth. See, we're all going to have great opportunities to bless others, but if you don't listen to the amazing family that God has given you, you might miss out on those opportunities. You need your family to help correct and guide you. Jethro's correction not only helped Moses be a better leader, but that loving correction helped Moses return to the good life. I don't know about you, but if my list of work grows at the end of the day, which let's face it, so often it does. I get stressed. I get anxious. I get frustrated. God, am I doing the right things? What's going on? How am I not completing anything? Just imagining Moses waking up every day, seeing the line of people outside of his tent, finishing the end of the day, still seeing the line of people outside of his tent. It's got a weigh on his soul, not to mention his, his brethren that have to sit in line, and wait, and wait, and they're happy to do so because they know that Moses has been given wisdom from God. But without guidance from our family, without loving correction, we can so often miss the mark that God has for us. I imagine Moses' stress levels were so much better without that massive backlog of people. We need our family to help us experience the good life. And I imagine a lot of you may be confused or frustrated saying, Ryan, my family doesn't have my best interests at heart. Or Ryan, I don't have any family left. For me, one of the biggest struggles over the last several months ha- has been realizing that, that a lot of the people that, that taught me lessons growing up, that poured into me, have become adults that don't always live up to those ideals. And as somebody who looks up to, to superheroes and, and who views a lot of people in my life as superheroes, it has been really hard to realize that people are human and they make mistakes. And I've had to choose and, and change and decide the people that, that I allow to speak, life into my, speak love into my life. And it's been really hard it's been really hard to realize that the humans make mistakes. And I, and I know that may sound silly to some of you, but when somebody you look up to does something that, that just really hurts you, it can be hard. When a family member that you love and care for says something that just cuts you deep, those wounds take a long time to heal. And I'm not trying to say that your family should be blindly trusted and that every word, evil or good, should be taken and worn like a badge. No, that is, that is the opposite of what I'm saying. See, the beauty of being part of the body of Christ is that your family is going to grow and change. It'll shift and expand as you walk through life. Pastor Steve pointed out something to me that, that just blew my mind, and it is the most simple of fact, but it's beautiful when you realize what it means. See, Jethro wasn't Moses' birth father. He wasn't his stepfather. He was his father-in-law. Which means that Jethro showed up in Moses' life much, much later in his life. He wasn't born with Jethro. God sent Jethro because he knew that Moses would need a man to look out for him. God sent Moses, sent Jethro, sorry, so that Moses could be corrected. I say this almost every time I come up to do announcements, and some of you may be frustrated and annoyed by it at this point, but I say it all the time because I firmly, firmly believe it. The beauty of being a member here at LJCC is that no matter what phase of life you are in, no matter what problems, greatness, whatever is going on in your life, you belong here at LJCC. You have a place here. I know that whenever I have some struggle going on in my life, when I am frustrated, I can call up Janet Griffin and be like, Janet, I just need somebody to love on me right now. And she will give me a hug through the phone on FaceTime. However, she just pours out that love. If I need a mentor, somebody to go over a a, a scripture that I'm struggling with, I can call up Pastor Steve. Hey, Pastor Steve, I don't know about this passage. Can you help me out? Mike Hedman regularly calls me, hey, how can I pray for you, Ryan? Family isn't just your blood, isn't just what you were born into. That is the beauty, the power, and the glory of being part of the body of Christ, and even more specifically, a member at LJCC. This church knows how to love like nobody else. But it takes a heart to listen and receive in order to accept that. Like I said earlier, we've got to be willing to be humble. Being a part of the body of Christ sometimes means accepting the criticism. Saying, hey, I see that you want this for your life. Let's correct that. And especially in this time of hate, anger, and division, it's so easy to take that and say, well, you don't know me. You don't know my struggles. You don't know what's going on in my life. How dare you try and say something like that? And I say that and I respond that way because that's the pain that I feel. That's the pain, the gut reaction of like, you don't, you don't know me. This is my ministry. I'm the youth director. I know how to do this. When they could be simply saying, hey, Ryan, I see you running all over the place. I see you hurtling over things and trying to do everything at once. Can I help you? Can I join with you? I don't need your help. I'm a crazy person. When in reality, my, my life would be so much calmer if I just accepted that help. There's a couple of passages um, that, that really speak into this. Ecclesiastes 9 through 10. Two are better than one because they have good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. It's a beautiful passage that just talks about two people walking side by side.
1: Imagine if it was a hundred people, a
2: thousand people. No one would fall. But it requires that love of family. And it goes two ways. Just as we have to be willing to accept and to take that love, it shouldn't be something that we hoard and hold on to. One of the things that I look forward to most about coming to church is just finding that person Finding that usually it's a student for me, but maybe it's a, it's a stranger that I just met. Maybe it's a visitor. or Maybe it's a long-time member who is just having a hard day and just sitting down saying, hey, tell me about what's going on in your life. What did you do this week? How can I be praying for you? And I know that that phrase is often spoken as somebody brushing you off, but I would encourage you, I would challenge you to mean it this week. To find that person, whether it's online, whether it's at church on Sunday, whether it's a coworker, a fellow student, somebody in your life that you can just sit down and listen to this week, that you can pour into. So often in our lives, we, we struggle feeling filled up. We struggle feeling like nobody loves us, nobody cares for us. And it's really hard in this COVID quarantine time to feel connected, to feel plugged in. But again, I would encourage all of us this week, rather than expecting people to pour into us, take some time to be that Jethro. Take that time not to criticize, not to beat down, but to step into somebody's life and say, hey, how can I help you? accomplish your mission today? How can I love on you today? I guarantee you it'll change the way that you look at the world. It'll change the way that you see the little things in your life. We are called to the good life, not because we want better lives. We are called to the good life because we want to see the world changed, if our hearts are lifted up, if we are being poured into by God, if we are being poured into by our family, by those that love us, by those that care for us, then we can be ambassadors, we can be champions of the word and pour out that love to the Moseses in our life. That is my challenge for us this week, to find a Moses, to find somebody that we can lift up, that we can love on, That we can pour into. Let's pray. Dear God, I thank you for these simple lessons. I thank you for the opportunities to see how fathers and sons, how mothers and daughters, how sisters and brothers interact, God. That we have examples of biblical relationships so that we can seek the good life for ourselves and for those around us, God. I pray that you would help to lift us up this week, that you would fill us with so much joy and excitement that no news article, that no tragedy, that no ill will would be able to bring us down, God. That we would feel that pain and turn it into empathy for others. We would feel that frustration and turn it into action. We would feel that hurt and return it with love, God. I would pray that you would start work in us today that would change the globe. Lord, I thank you for the gifts that you have given us today. Thank you for the amazing friends and family that is La Jolla Community Church. Pray that you would continue to bring us people that we can love on and care for, God. That you would help us to be champions for the Word of God this week. We thank you. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen.